This is Melinda Carmichael, and this is my new podcast, Calloused Hands Pray the Hardest, where scripture meets my life in agriculture. So buckle up, buttercup. We're going to tell some stories. Okay, guys. Sorry I didn't get an episode published this weekend. Uh, It was the first three-day weekend I've had off in a really long time, and it was B-Spit's birthday, so um, we actually took some time and hung out together. Uh, which we haven't done in quite some time because life and work and jobs and farm and everything else. So it was nice just to have a three-day weekend to ourselves again. But um, it's the end of January, and uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I already feel burnt out. Um, Jobs already harping, life's already kind of muddled, New Year's resolutions have been thrown out the window already, you know... It just seems like, you know, the first two weeks of January, everybody's really gung-ho, and the third and fourth week, you know, well, at least here in, you know, southwestern Pennsylvania, Mother Nature goes, oh, yeah, right, it's winter, here's negative 10 degree weather, and, you know, everything just goes by the wayside. So, I I just, you know, kind of wanted to touch base again, I know it's kind of late, I, I, one of my resolutions is to try and actually get this published on a Sunday, life happens. You know, that's, that's my motto in life. Life happens. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about being stuck because I kind of feel that pressure a lot. Um, both in life and my real job right now. Um, I might have some better news next week, some different news. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I did want to use, uh, sorry, trying to like flip through apps here. Um, by the way, I do, I do use Google to find my, um, my sermons and everything, my verses for, for this blog post. Um, I use knowing Jesus a lot and I do use my daily bread a lot. Uh, it's just nice to have that I'm not plugging this, I'm not getting paid for this, but it's just nice to daily, like, look at something and be able to say, hey, that's what I want to, I want to use. So, you know, sometimes it takes me till Thursday or Friday to actually have an idea of what I want to do. Um, but, uh, I want to use Palm 40, verse 2. He plucked me out of the pit of confusion, even out of quicksand. He placed my feet on a rock and established my steps. So I have a really good story to go with that. Um, and I'm going to get to that here in one second. So, but let me pause and switch gears here. So like I said, everything always kind of gets pushed by the wayside. And, you know, we try and expect so much from ourselves. Like... You know, every year, you know, at the beginning of the year, we have such high expectations for ourselves. I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go to bed on time. I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then we're crushed. You know, and I I think I talked about this before. I try and keep my New Year's resolutions really simple. And there for a week, I I completely muddled and lost it. Um, You know, life gets in the way. Um... But I like to clear my head by riding. Um, you know, it's me and my horse, whether it be Comet or Mr. Oops Now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to rely more on him than I am Comet. I, I need to make him a useful partner. Um, he's always kind of been a 
he currently is just a back burner pony you know he's something oh I can jump on him and walk and trot but I can't really do anything else like I can't can't really trail ride with him I can't do much else with him because I haven't put the time into him um you know and I, I need to come to the realization uh that he's not always you know Comet's not always going to be there you know right now um we're, we're coming to terms with the fact that Bowser's not always going to be here um we did have the um end of life conversation with our vet and a social worker at my uh current place of employment about when when it's time to say goodbye to Bowser. So that kind of put me through a bad week. Um, you know, he, he's been my best buddy for a lot of stuff. So, but, you know, I, I say it to clients, and now I need to start saying it to myself. Um, you have to love them enough to make the decision for them. So they're not in pain. We have to love them enough to help make that decision. So, but that, that that's that part. But, so, my, my story about quicksand... So I decided I'm going to I'm going to try and tell you guys a funny story to try and lighten the mood and show you that you know crazy stuff happens to me. So this was a couple years ago um right before me and Farmer got married. Um between my mother and my now mother-in-law and my grandmother and my aunts and the rest of my family, I was feeling very claustrophobic and very stressed out about the wedding planning and everything else. I, I did not want a wedding. Um, I did not want to go to a church. I didn't want a dress. I didn't, I didn't want. I had no desire to do any of those things. Um, so we actually, if, if you're not a really close f- friend or family and, and know about my wedding, um, me and Farmer actually had um, Judge Emery, which is a long family friend. Uh, I went to high school with her nephew and I've known her since I was in high school. Uh, she married us in the courthouse. Um, we had a justice of the peace uh, deal at the courthouse on uh, 10-4 because my husband's a trucker. And when we were first dating, he didn't say I love you. He would just say 10-4 if he was around anybody because he didn't want to know anybody. You know, he was a guy. He didn't want to say I love you. Um, but I got talked into having a reception. And it quickly went from, I just want to have a hog roast and a bonfire, to we had tents rented, and we had a porta john come in, and we had a DJ, and we had um, the pig smoker come, and we had a full banquet, and we had, there was like 200 and some people coming, and we had people parked, you know, a mile down the, you know, where are we going to park all these people, and we have to, you know, I was just very, very stressed out, and I don't deal with stress very well, especially with social things. I don't, I don't really care for people. As much as that might surprise you guys, I do put on a brave face and I smile and I talk and I'm pretty personable, but people freak me out and I don't really want to be around people. Um, let alone be the main attraction at something. Um, so I, we were busy cleaning up and moving stuff and I, I looked at Preston and I said, you know... I'm going to go take Comet and I'm just going to go for a ride. I said, I'm, I'm going to go down and I'm going to ride through the creek because it was a dry summer and the creek was down and Comet likes water. She, we call her the hippo a lot. You know, if she gets loose, you can find her in the creek. Um, I just wanted to ride through the water and just relax. You know, the water's calm. It's a nice, quiet ride. It's good for her feet. It's good for her ankles. She's an older horse. So he said, okay, you know, just, just let me know. And, um... I got all geared up, 
and um, I rode down the road and cut down through over the hill and got into Buffalo Creek, which um, kind of runs through the middle of our farm now. And if you guys know anything about Buffalo Creek, it's actually pretty wide and pretty deep. Um, so we're, we're I, I've ridden it a ton of times. Comet loves being in the water. You know, I take them down there. I, I lunge the horses in the water. It's good for their joints. It's good to soak them in. It's good practice for them. You know, they, they learn to deal in the mud and everything. If, you know, you follow us on Instagram, you see in the summer that I'm always in the creek. Um, surprised I haven't gotten West Nile virus now that I think about it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so we're riding and there's a part, I was almost down to where it was low enough that I could come back out, which is down by what used to be our neighbor Mary's. And she was fine with us, you know, me using that as a dry dock coming up through. And then I ride back on the road and it, you know, gives Comet a chance to dry off, my tack to dry out, and then I can put everything away. And we're coming to where they tore out the bridge um, on Brush Run. And I know there's there's big chunks of concrete and stuff in there. And I know to walk right through the middle. And me and Comet are going. And we'd been gone maybe an hour. And I looked up and I said, oh, cool, look, wood ducks. I don't know if anybody's ever seen wood ducks. They're kind of neat to look at. They're black and they've got, like, white rings around their eyes and stuff. They're kind of neat. And, you know, we've raised ducks. We've raised chickens. We've raised turkeys, pheasants, geese. We've had it all. The only thing Comet's afraid of are guineas, and we stay away from them. But, um, I looked up at him, and Comet looked at him, and then they took off. And for the first time in years, Comet spooked. And when I say she spooked, she made the fastest right-hand turn I think she's ever made in her lifetime. And she's a gaming pony. And she tripped, and we both went underwater... And I got knocked sideways and she was trying to get up onto the bank to get the heck away from these ducks that scared the crap out of her. And I'm scrambling. I'm just hanging onto the horn. I've got one leg halfway off the saddle and I'm just trying like heck to hold on. And um, Comet gets into the mud and just starts to flail and to sink. Because, I mean, you know, if you've ever played in the creek, it's black silt. And she just started to sink. And she ended up tossing her head and cracking me right in the head, right in the temple, with um, the buckle on her headstall, which made me see stars for a second. And then just gave up. So I jumped off. I'm in muck boots, which are now full of water, and now sucked in the mud also. And I'm trying to get up onto the bank so I can get footing to try and get her out of the mud and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm yelling at her and I'm I grabbed a branch and I'm smacking her on the butt I'm like come on come on come on come on come on you gotta get out of the mud you gotta get out of the mud come on come on come on come on and Comet being a red chestnut mare threw her head down on the mud and said fine I'm going to die here and at this point she was sunk all the way down to her belly in the mud so I'm like well crap now what do I do So I'm all the way down at Mary's house, covered in mud, soaking wet, dizzy because I got cracked in the head, and I have, there's no cell phone signal down there. There's none. None. You, you, you can try. There's no cell phone signal. So I did what I had to do. I threw the reins back over Comet's head, and I grabbed her by the head. I said, don't die. Don't drown. I'll be right back. And I ran a half mile back down to the to our, 
to Jack and Sandra's house, and I started, I hit the driveway, inhaled, and screamed Preston. And nobody answered me, so I inhaled again, and I screamed again. And finally Preston popped his head out of the, out of the garage, and he said, what's wrong, where's Comet? I said, she's stuck in the mud. He goes, how bad? I said, all the way up to her belly. So... After yelling and screaming and getting yelled at that I was riding, where's your helmet? How bad are you hurt? Is she all right? I said, I don't know. She's stuck in the mud. So we got in a side-by-side. He got the back hose started up and we grabbed some straps. I flew back down to make sure she was still all right. She's still just laying with her head in the mud. Like, this is where I'm going to die. So Preston gets down there with the backhoe. I jump back into the mud in the water and loosen up the saddle. Thank God I had my big, my big raining saddle on my big my big cutting saddle actually but that has a back cinch on it I loosened everything up we fed a big three inch strap through it fed it back through looped it up hooked it onto the backhoe beam and we picked Comet up with the the backhoe beam with the bucket and set her on the ground I checked her all over she had one little scratch on her back leg probably from a root in the mud but she stood up and did one of those big old body shakes and looked at me. And I looked at Preston and he said, is she alright? And I said, well, she's standing. I walked her in a circle. She walked alright. I pulled the straps out of the saddle and he says, well, what are you going to do? And I started tightening up the saddle and he says, what are you doing? I said, well, it's her fault she got stuck in the mud. She's going to ride my happy ass back to the bar. <laughs> but, you know, I, I rode her back down to the barn because I can feel better you know, then looking at her, I have a hard time looking at a horse if I'm walking them, if they're lame or limping on anything. So I just walked her real nice and slow back to the barn, hosed her legs off and everything. But oh geez, that saddle was almost ruined. I had to I had to send it to Earl Slovic, the saddle doctor, to tear apart and clean because it got all moldy from the creek water, and I was banned from riding in the creek by myself. And but you know, sometimes you just need alone time. But you always got to remember that God will pick you up from the quicksand. Or in my case, Preston with the backhoe from the black silt mud in the creek. So. But that's my story about Comet and the wood ducks and getting pulled out of the creek with the backhoe. Okay guys, trying to keep it short and sweet again this week. Um... Uh, again, if you guys want to talk or have a story that you want to run by me, shoot me a message either on the Facebook page, Callous Hands Pray the Hardest, or on Instagram at bnbfarms87. Uh, either way is a great way. You can also get a hold of me through most of these podcast apps. It has a direct message capability. Uh, again, the nicest thing you can do for me is share this. Um, you know, we're slowly crawling. I was only getting like five or six. Last week I had 19. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, two things again. Um, I do have to try and still pay off Bowser's vet bill. Um, we're still hovering around $600. Um, thank you to the guys and girls that did donate from last week. Um, same thing with my Cupid's Undie Run. Um, that's on February 16th, so you have until about Valentine's Day. Also, my birthday is February 8th, if you'd like to donate for my birthday. I'll be, you know, 30, 30 for the, um, you know, second time. Uh, but yeah, that's for childhood, um, tumors. Uh, some of these babies are born with tumors, 
when they're born and it's really painful and it's a rough start so it's a nice way to try and say thank you and to try and help these kids is to fundraise for that and you know I'm gonna run in Pittsburgh in the middle of February in my underpants so you know that's a good one but again you know share this for me I'm trying to really make a go at this um share 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 uh until next week guys I'll talk to you next time. God bless.